All right, welcome into episode seven of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. I'm Dan Claskins along with my buddy James Adams. We're here to talk ADP risers and fallers as we get into that final week of August. And can you feel it? It's the best time of the fantasy football draft season. If you're like James and I, you haven't done much but draft the past week or so. And as we've done it, we've seen some soaring players rise and some fall as well. Today, we're going to look at some ADP risers and fallers over the last week and particularly tell you who we like from it, what we think, what the Fantastics Draft Advisor says, and we're going to get into all of it. And James, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, it feels more like a Monday than ever before because between our do-good fantasy drafts, I've literally, but well, one of them was during our show. I was in three draft rooms after that, drafted only one of them. And then in addition, did another KFFC online draft last night. Of course, we had our Dream League auction on Saturday. And I finally figured out how many season-long league lineups I'm going to have to set. I, I actually made a spreadsheet today, so I think I'm caught up. How have you been doing, buddy? That's the difference between you and I is you have a spreadsheet. I have a handwritten. You got a, only... you got a bar napkin. Correct. <laughs> I have a notebook now. At least I've, I do. Come on. Ooh, I was in dude, school. You for do have a pretty nice notebook. I've seen Thank you pull you. it out before. Well, you know, I mean, I was in school for 10 and a half years in college, Dan. So I have a lot of notebooks with a lot of empty pages that I feel like I've got to use. So I'm literally lo- using like old college notebooks that while I did yeah. graduate, I didn't necessarily take a lot of notes. in. so I'm finally getting around to using them. There but- you go. There you go. You're seeing your old notes. For- <laughs> what were you studying? Like DOS programming back then? Or I mean, good, good Lord. I mean, the college notes, uh, I can't imagine that valuable, James, but uh, they're, they're not. What we're looking at today is valuable. And if you want to win your league, you want a valuable tool as well. And that's why we invite you to go over to insiderfootball.com. That's our website. It's also the home of the Fantastics Draft Advisor. We're offering up a complimentary trial right now. You can set up all your leagues in a matter of minutes, mock, put your keepers in, whatever you need to do. And best of all, we're even giving away for free. That's right. You can get it for free. You just got to go over to insiderfootball.com. You click on sign up. Check out the deal we've got going on with Thrive Fantasy. $20 deposit there with the link on that page specifically. Gets you the $70 package at Fantastics, which includes all the regular season content. Plus, you got the 20 bucks to play on Thrive. And that's $90 for 20 bucks, James. We like value. We're going to talk value in drafts here today. And I know you actually have played a ton of golf on Thrive Fantasy. I've messed around with baseball and football over the years. It's a lot of fun in the prop bet game there. So I think folks uh, should check it out and get involved with us. We're going to be doing a segment each week on our show with it. So prop bets also. Let's have a tease alert. Next week, we'll get into those here on this podcast. So you want to stick around for that, right? No doubt about it. And I love doing the uh, – here's one thing I like about the the prop bets and the way Thrive does the contest and uh, why I've been doing it forever is, you know, sometimes you'll have this prop that everybody likes. Well, if we all got it wrong, it wasn't like the book just collected on it. We all just didn't lose or gain ground against each other. So if you if you get a little bit of groupthink and it goes poorly – you didn't lose anything to anybody because everybody in the contest that used the same side of that prop, it's sort of like in the same ca- spot as you. It's sort of like a cash lineup uh, when you know the great value pick of the week flops on it. Yeah, big, you know, in the regular DFS. So I love player props in general. So we're going to be talking about them, and as I mentioned today, our ADP risers and fallers. We're going to go position by position, break it down for you, tell you the the people that we think should be rising, the ones that not, and. Looking forward to diving into all of that. Of course, if you're just listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome. We love new listeners. 
if you've uh, been listening for uh, a loyal listener here for all three weeks of it, all six episodes, we, well, we appreciate that too. Regardless of what type of listener you are, you need to keep up with it by subscribing wherever you listen. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you, and of course at insiderfootball.com. And you want to follow us on Twitter at Fantastics as well. Get on that email list. We're going to help you win this season. And we'll be talking about our regular season plan here in the next episode or two. But the, the, the short answer is we're going to also be here on you know Tuesday nights, basically, bringing in our waiver wire pick. So getting you at the beginning of the week and not just on our show on Saturdays during the season over on Sirius XM Fantasy, which, by the way, will be 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern all season long there, Channel 87 or the SXM app. All right, James, let's get into it. Let's dive into some data here. And I love Fantistics in the sense that you can pull in whatever ADP source you want right in the software from our many different sources. And right now I'm looking at the blended ADP as I pull it up in our tool, which is a nice composite. But specifically to look at changes over the last seven days, I'm going to refer to underdog fantasy ADP. Lots of drafts going on over there, and it really does quickly allow you to sort by position to to get an idea of what players are rapidly rising. And let's start at the quarterback position, James. We're going I'm gonna throw some names out here of some you know big time risers. In recent weeks, and we're going to sort of talk where we stand on these players if we were drafting tonight. So let's start with guys that are getting on fire here, really rising up the board, if you will. And some of these names, not all that surprising. We've had a lot of talks about it. Maybe some are more surprising and no guy hotter right now, James, than Trey Lance that over in the last seven days alone has moved up five spots overall, which is pretty significant. Over at Underdog Fantasy, he looked pretty good after a slow start last night in that second preseason game. The team's still very much talking about Jimmy Garoppolo as their starter for at least week one. But Trey Lance, the Niners quarterback, it's hard to find a hotter name than him at the position as we enter late August. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense because people are looking for upside. And when you're taking Trey Lance, you're not taking him as a top six, top seven, top eight quarterback. But I think there's a lot of buzz that believes that upside is possible, that that kind of finish for him is possible. And you're drafting him while you also draft another quarterback that you're going to find that's safe and steady. That's probably a a reliable guy like Kirk Cousins. You got to like in week one against the Bengals that you compare with any of these risers that we're talking about that aren't necessarily weekly starters right off the rip. So it's not surprising, right? The hype train is moving and people – Jump on board. And when the hype train's moving, what do you know you got to do? You got to get ahead of it if you want this player. So you got to maybe draft him a little bit earlier. And all that is is just con- continues to push the way forward of, of support. So not surprising that he's one of the guys moving way up. I mean, the idea being that the offense scores a ton. You know, he'll have plenty of targets. He's also going to be able to run the ball himself. So not a big surprise that uh, I've seen it. And, of course, I mean, heck, I've seen I've seen people taking him as their QB1 like QB 10 or 12 off the board. So not yeah. shocking to me. Last yesterday in our do good fantasy super flex league, where obviously it's two quarterbacks, or at least I try to you know start two quarterbacks one week. Uh, didn't really go in there with the plan, James, honestly. And, and as we talked about these super flex drafts, they were so different. Each one of them. I was in the third one. It looked nothing like the first two. And in my draft in particularly, I was sitting in the seven spot, which in any draft this year, I really hate in the middle. I don't want to be in the middle. I, I just don't like the teams that are I'm drafting there as much right now. But that said, you're playing the board. You're doing your thing. I didn't go in with this strategy necessarily. But what I ended up with was Trey Lance is my QB too. And 
I reached on him a little bit, but he is soaring up the board. And I'm looking at Trey Lance not as a guy that's going to win you week one, but as a guy that could win you during the money weeks, James. That is what I'm talking about. So as a super flex with Matthew, so basically I had the seven hole. I went Kamara Kelsey. I didn't take my first quarterback until I went with Matthew Stafford. As you know from listening to me in Superflex, I could get 12 of the top 15. But in this particular draft, before I made my second round pick, there were already seven QBs off the board. Ten went off the board, nine went off the board in the first two rounds, which was unlike any draft of, that we've had in the, in the rest of these leagues that we're running. And so I grabbed Lance and I get him there. I went in round five on him, which is a little bit of a reach, but I'll get to why in a minute. But what I did later is put Jimmy Garoppolo as my QB four with Zach Wilson sandwiched in between there as QB 26, but I got Garoppolo in 14th round. So I am carrying four quarterbacks of my 18 players, but I've got the Niners quarterbacks now. So I can enjoy Jimmy Garoppolo in week one, right? Against the four, uh, the, the Detroit lions, by the way, which is never a bad thing. And then as I expect later in the season, Trey Lance to become this thing, I've got an ownership piece of him and without a high risk. Right. And, what I really like about late in the season, if I'm right, if he gets the job, have you looked? I mean, we, you know, we got it. We don't have to look too hard because the Fantastics just gives you the playoff grades right there for the schedule and stuff. But let me tell you the playoff opponents. You tell me what you think of this matchup for if he is indeed the quarterback in these key money weeks. So uh, in week, let's see, 14, the Bengals at the Bengals, the 49ers play. The following week, they'll take on the 49ers, or actually they'll host the Falcons. So you go from the Bengals to the Falcons to the Titans to the Texans. Look at that playoff schedule there for the 49ers. Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans. If I'm right about Trey Lance and what he can bring in fantasy and that he'll have the job by then, you're talking about a guy that's going to win a league for a lot of people this year. I can't really look at that schedule. I'm afraid something's going to like hit me in the eye and hurt me. There's too much firepower right there, dude. That is as enticing as it gets. I mean, you're talking about four teams whose defense are not very good at all. I mean, like you can find a ton of holes on all of those defenses. Um, and by the way, you talked about the, the super flex draft and all this. I got I got to say, because you mentioned it, I actually had a high school coach reach out to me and he's, he does it every once in a while and uh, asked me, for some super flex advice. That's what his league's going to. So one props to coach Noel for moving to super flex, but those do good drafts that you were talking about. I sent him the link to all of them. I said, here you go. This will just show you. You can't figure out. You just got to stick to your, you know, your tears or whatever, but back to the Trey Lance schedule. That's, I mean, that that's four teams that we like the offensive players on two of them and two of them. I'm taking some flyers on because the defenses are so bad. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, the Trey Lance hype is real. His price is getting higher, which makes it hard. I can't draft him as a QB1 right now, though, James. It has no. to come at the right place. And, and QB1 formats, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely interesting. Another rookie quarterback that's soaring up the board, Justin Fields. He's he's moved up 4.8 draft spots overall in the last seven days over at Underdog Fantasy in these half-point PPR best balls they run over there. And James, I'm not as excited about Justin Fields as I am Trey Lance, uh, certainly not with that schedule. I do think he's going to get some action, though. I think the mobility is going to make him a fantasy factor. But if you've actually watched him, he's been a little inconsistent. I mean, average less than five yards of attempt in that last game. 
I think Dalton's going to stick around maybe longer than people think. Fields will get in sooner rather than later, and he's okay uh, as to get excited about. I'm not trying to kill it, but it's just not as high as a level for me as Lance, but similar type of situation. If you can grab him later as your second quarterback in any format and stash him for a little bit, I think the upside's there. Some other names I want to run by you specifically before we move on to other positions. Guys that are moving up again. Tua Tagovailoa, he's moved up two spots. Uh, Derek Carr, two and a half spots. Ben Roethlisberger, interesting, going up four spots. And Zach Wilson, another rookie, uh, 4.7 spots over the last seven days. So Carr, Roethlisberger, Zach Wilson, Tua, these guys are all pretty viable backups. Is there one in particular that you think has a pretty high ceiling that gets you a little tempted? I think it has to be two. I mean, we talked about him a little bit yesterday when we were talking on the uh, the SiriusXM show, and he didn't have that like typical offseason at all for a rookie. It was, to begin with, the coronavirus pandemic season, so that was really weird. He was rehabbing from injury, right? He wasn't right coming into the year last year, but he's still the player, I think, that they were – like everyone was tanking for Tua two years ago. So I still think he's that player. And the thing is, man, the shine wears off on rookies. And it, when, when it doesn't happen immediately, people just forget about it, move on to the next flavor of the month. But Tua is entrenched, like unlike Lance or Fields. And Tua doesn't run like those guys do. But he's still young enough to get you a couple rushing yards just by default. He's going to get you more, more of – a steady start than these other two guys you talked about. He won't have that rookie bump that Zach Wilson, who you just mentioned, has. So he's the guy I kind of like a lot because I still believe of a little bit of the unknown and what could be. But I'll tell you what. I mean, you you got to like Ben Roethlisberger, too. You expect Najee Harris to catch the football out of the backfield. You certainly like the receiving core they have. If we like all three receivers where they're going and Najee Harris is going as an RB1, Who's delivering him the football? So why wouldn't you like Big Ben? Uh, you know, he's got the Chiefs, the Titans, the Vikings, and the Steelers. That's not in the right order at all because I'm too stupid to read them in the right order. But that's a pretty good playoff schedule, too, when you look at the Titans. Potential sh- uh, shootout against the Chiefs. The Vikings are uh, not a, nearly as good of a defense as, you know, maybe the reputation ones. So I like those two guys a lot. But you know the truth is Zach Wilson looks pretty good. So there's a reason they're all rising, if you're being honest here. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, no doubt about it. Let's look at some fallers at the quarterback position because we certainly have our share of those as well. And again, not a ton of surprises here, but just looking over the last week and how guys have dropped over on the site. We've seen both Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott drop down a little bit. These are guys that overall are still being drafted inside the top five, but they've each fallen us about a pick and a half down the board. Prescott in particularly, James. Adam Schefter tweeting out that he may not be 100% all season. He fell down to me, I think, in KFFC Cincinnati the other day at like QB9, I think I got him at, which I wasn't targeting him, but it seemed like a fair price. But I don't know. How concerned are you getting with the Cowboys quarterback? I guess I was already concerned. So I'm not getting there. I, my only Dak share so far is in a dynasty league where you want to think about how how good I thought I was starting last year. I had Dak and Deshaun Watson. Now I'm sitting here going, I think I have a quarterback in week one, but I'm not really sure about that. Um, so my concern is already there, dude. It's already real. But the upside is still, you got to love it. The legs, the three stud targets. Again, a defense that isn't great. 
uh, that you're going to have on the other side. So the upside's there. I'm not surprised to see him move down. And the reason it is is because as we get closer to the season kicking off and these concerns still stay, it's a little bit harder for me to go, ah, you know, it's it's July. I'm not worried about it. Now it's mid-August. It's getting late August. It's now you got to be worried about it. So it's not surprising, but I think some of it could also be the more people get into drafts, the more they start to like this receiver, that running back, then, you know, it's just pushing picks down the board a little bit because we all kind of wait on quarterback and now maybe it's getting on weight, you know, it's waiting on quarterback season. Yeah, it happens a lot. You get into that waiting on quarterback, especially in one QB leagues and you never know what you get there, but Daniel Jones, another guy, he's fallen 7.6 points down the uh, or in the draft overall ADP in the past week. That is certainly not very promising for what owners are thinking of him. Uh, I'll tell you, the interesting name on the list, uh, you, you've got Matt Ryan falling 2.3 spots, Trevor Lawrence 2.7. They're, they're talking up like, hey, Gardner Minshew's might not be, you know, he's, they haven't named Lawrence the starter yet, which is sort of a joke. Urban Meyer needs to realize he's not coaching college football anymore, right? But uh, that's another topic. But James, Joe Burrow, he's falling three and a half spots. Bengals are falling like crazy. We'll get to the other positions in a minute. But Burrow, a guy that we were talking up maybe as a back-end QB1, not being drafted like it at the moment. Hasn't suited up yet. That's concerning. I mean, you know, you, you are you sure you got him in week one? Because he hasn't even suited up yet. Now, he hasn't practiced, but not in the games. Um, And, you know, there's been a little bit of hype or I don't know what's the opposite of hype, like deflation in in the hype of both him struggling to get back to who he was pre-injury. You got his number one pick that he that he stumped for to come in town. Jamar Chase dropping balls all over the place. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe this all gets figured out. It's not Chase dropping balls from Burrow because Burrow hasn't suited up. But none of it looks great so far where you're going, okay, I got to have a part of this offense. So that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the Bengals, as a local guy who likes the Bengals, the defense is what's looked good in the preseason, not the offense. Yeah, but I still expect this team with its schedule to be behind in most games. Sure. They've already lost one of their key pass rushers and third-round pick Joseph Asai for the season to a season-ending injury. So uh, if you're banking, I mean, if, if health is a concern, then I get it. But for me, I'm actually enjoying this Bengal preseason plummet because now I'm actually, especially in some of these hometown leagues with some of these local guys, I'm actually able to get some of these players. I got him as my QB2 last night, and he was like nice. 16th or 17th off the board on a back end of Justin Herbert. I was like, okay. yeah. And I had already drafted uh, T. Higgins as my wide receiver four in that KFFC wide receiver run I made, but the thing is, is like, I'm all in on Burrow at the price. I was a little reluctant. I, I, I was sort of projecting him as a fringe QB1, and now he's dropping down to a, a mid-range QB2. I'm loving it. I'm actually loving it. So I'm I'm going to buy him at that price and, and not really regret it. I still don't know if you can carry him as your only quarterback, but if you want to punt quarterback altogether and draft Joe Burrow and Trey Lance, you know, it's a little risky. It's a little risky. As you said, Burrow might not be there week one, but that could end up being crazy of a combo or even – you know, maybe play it. You know, play it safe. Take a Kirk Cousins and a Joe Burrow. You know, I don't know, but That's Joe Burrow, at, Joe Burrow at the price, uh, definitely worth looking at there. Let's go over to running backs. Let's transition the conversation a little bit. Find some really players moving up, moving down, and you know who's really jumping up a couple spots of late. And James, the biggest riser inside the top twenty running backs over at Underdog Fantasy in this last week of ADP best ball drafts, 
These are all half point PPR, by the way. Uh, the biggest mover up in the top 20, Daryl Henderson of the Rams, now up 2.8 spots. They purposely have not played him all preseason. What's your thoughts on the Rams running back? I love the offense. I don't know that Daryl Henderson is that much worse of a player than Cam Akers. He had his moments last year, too. The O-line is good. The defense is good. The team is – I mean, they're they're pro, they're poised to make a Super Bowl run. It's why they made the trade they did. So I think it was uh, – when this first happened back in, uh, I don't know, a month ago or so, we had the same conversation, and it's almost as if – and it's not like you can put anybody there, but you can almost put anybody there, and they are set up for low-end RB2 production – because it looks like he's the only name in town. Now, I know that there's some hype on Jones coming up, and maybe there is. They're certainly not going out, it doesn't look like, so far, and picking up anyone else off waivers. And as as that was a rumor before, that hasn't happened. That makes you like uh, Henderson just a little bit more, because if he continues to be what looks like the only show in town, and I know he won't play 100% of the snaps, but if he played 70% of the snaps, you love that in that offense because they should run the ball a ton towards the end of the game on almost a weekly basis. So I like Henderson. I've got him. I've got a few shares of him, and I'm certainly happy to pick him up again. You know, if we're talking my RB two, and I've addressed some other positions, and it's round four, I'm in love with that. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I'll take him as an RB two for sure. Uh, I mean, heck, there aren't even RB ones that were without some baggage. So I'm not like discrediting that he has a little bit of concern over him, but. Everybody really down this list does, right? I mean, that's the nature of the position this year and the upside certainly there. Another guy with some upside rising up the board, two, 2.8 spots as well, right behind him now as a back-end RB2 at RB24, the rookie Javante Williams, who with Melvin Gordon out of action, this Broncos back has definitely had some touches, uh, has missed out on just two touchdowns. Week one, he had one call back over the penalty. The second week of the preseason, he literally – it fumbled as he was going into the, the end zone, which is not a great sign, but he doesn't have a long history of fumbling. So I'm not overly concerned on just this one fumble, but Javante Williams, I was hoping he'd fall another round to me in uh, a couple of drafts yesterday. And he's just not falling where he was a, a couple of weeks ago in the ADP data here backs it up. Yeah. I mean, I understand why he's moving up. Uh, there is certainly reason to be hype. I mean, he, he looks like a bull right? The kind of guy that when you want touchdowns, he looks like the kind of guy that can get touchdowns. But you know, I'm going to say the same thing I've I've said before. As long as Melvin Gordon's on that team, it seems like he just finds a way to score a lot of touchdowns, something he couldn't do as a rookie and seemingly can't not do. That's a double negative. It's not how you're supposed to talk, but seemingly something he just does without trying now is near double digit touchdowns. So I have a lot of concern for that where the price you're getting him Okay, it's it's okay, I suppose, but it's getting to the point where you're paying again for ceiling, yeah. well, and I don't like t- paying for well, ceiling. Here's the thing: are, are you paying for ceiling? Because going right before him is Josh Jacobs and Mike Davis, and going right after him is Kareem Hunt, Trey Sermon, and Miles Gaskin. So I'm outside of Mike Davis. Not a single one of those backs entering the season really is a defined number one. Maybe Josh Jacobs, but. That I don't really think he's going to be the every down back this year with Drake in the mix, especially the money they pay Drake. So Chase Edmonds, Dame, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is if you look at his elusivity, his upside, yeah, Gordon's there, but he's not. He's not there. He's not there. And he's not going to be there next year. So That's I don't for know. Sure. I, think it, I don't think you're getting great value with him like you were a month ago, but I think the ADP's right. I think Javante Williams is a top 25 running back this year, 
a top 10 running back next year at this time. James, let's get into some further down the board here a little bit. And uh, some really big movers here. And I want to get your sense on which ones you really are zoning in on. Uh, I'll throw Jamal Williams out here. He's not that big of a mover, but I know you're on him. And people must be listening to you, bro, because he's moved up almost three spots in the past week, which isn't significant. Not quite as significant as some of these other names. Philip Lindsay up 21.4 spots. Gio Bernard up 13.1 spots. And Malcolm Brown up 17.1 spots. You got Ramondre Stevenson up 10 spots. Of those names, of these bench stashes, shoot for the stars players, who strikes your fancy the most? The one you probably don't want because you want nothing to do with that team, but there has to be points somewhere. Phil Lindsay looks to be the starter for the Houston Texans. He can catch the ball a little bit. He Look, is it going to be pretty? No. You're probably hoping for the right matchups, but he's the guy in that offense. Malcolm Brown, uh, I'm worried about Gaskin. Gio Bernard, like th- some of these other names you're talking about, they're moving up the board, but they're moving up in a spot that's still way down board. So a guy who moves 20 spots from round 15 to 13 isn't as big of a, a deal to me as a guy like Phil Lindsay, who I think is going to be the starter. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, in terms of what else we're looking at here, with ADP, let's look at some fallers real quick. Sticking at the running back position, players that are going in the opposite direction of late. And like always, we're going to start with some guys in the top 16 that are falling, you know, more than a spot and a half over the past week at Underdog Fantasy. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's dropped 1.7 spots down to RB14. DeAndre Swift's fallen the same amount of spots. He's down to RB16. And as we look even further down in this tier, a guy we mentioned before, Josh Jacobs, down 2.4 spots now to RB22. This is half-point PPR data we're looking at, too. So it's not that Jacobs is a PPR disadvantage here, but Edwards Hilaire, a little bit of an ankle sprain. Not too serious, it doesn't appear. Him versus DeAndre Swift, James. That's interesting. Which running back are you most interested in this year? Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and it's by a mile. Um, now, obviously, my interest in Jamal Williams is going to clearly have a, a correlation to my disinterest in DeAndre Swift. Um, Edwards Hilaire should be the guy. It's an it's a back in an Andy Reid backfield. He didn't have that preseason last year. He di- he has it this year. Now I understand he got dinged up, but the ankle injury appears to not be that big of a deal. We've got two weeks until the the regular season. Now, I want a guy. Maybe I'm crazy here. I want a guy in the Chiefs offense. I want a guy who seems to be cemented the number one, you know, their first round pick after they won the Super Bowl. He's cemented as their running back. I want Clyde Edwards Hilaire. DeAndre Swift, I mean, I just, if you're a defense face in Detroit, don't you put everybody in the box? You can't do that against Kansas City. If you're, if you're Detroit, You've already said, not if you are, but they've already said, like Jamal Williams, they look at his running back 1A to the one or 1B to Swift's 1A. It's just two different universes for me. So I, I want Clyde Edwards Hilaire by a mile and a half over DeAndre Swift. The Fantastics Draft Advisor, one of the most savvy tools in the business. Uh, go get a free trial over at insiderfootball.com. And James, it agrees with you, my man. Looking just at the blended ADP, one of we putting all the different ADP sources in here to get a little bit better of a feel over it. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 303 is the latest ADP, but the Fantastics draft position, at least in this half PPR scoring system that I've set up and 
because our software really customizes its rankings and stuff to your particular league setup, 207, almost 10 spots of value on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He should be going in mid to late round two. He's going in early round three. The draft advisor's like, oh yeah, let's grab him. Meanwhile, you got DeAndre Swift, who ADP blended, blended ADP, 403, which is a little bit low. Fantastic's draft position, 310. So we're not saying he's a huge steal. Still just about a value on that blended ADP, but we see him getting drafted sooner than that in a lot of spots, including here, where basically he's the thir- uh, 33rd player off the board, which would put him at more as you know late round late three, three, which is about where we say. So if he's going late round three, I think I we all agree Edwards Hilaire should be going first, but Edwards Hilaire has second round value according to the software is the point I'm trying to make. And I'm with you. Clyde Edwards Hilaire too. Uh, the pick for me. Other guys sort of falling down a little bit. We got Chris Carson that's dropped the point, uh, one and a half spots. We talked about Josh Jacobs. I haven't really been in on him all season. Miles Gaskin down 6.6. That's the same reason Malcolm Brown was up, right? Because they're talking about his carries. Michael Carter, 4.3. He's fallen again because people are realizing, wait a minute, they're playing Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson ahead of him. Now I'll say this, James, as much as I've been on the anti-Michael Carter train, that's when he was soaring up to RB25-26 a couple weeks ago. We saw him go in an expert's draft in the fourth round for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, whoa, whoa, no Michael Carter in the fourth round for me. That That's when I was like, the hype train's going too fast. But guess what? The hype train has stopped. It slowed down. Last night, I jumped on the Michael Carter train twice because I got him one draft the seventh round and the other super flex in the eighth round. In both cases, not as one of my top two running backs. So... It's all about the price you pay. That's what you have yeah. to look at here. I believe Michael Carter is going to start the season slow. I think if things go right, he could have that Jonathan Taylor type of second half impact in fantasy this year. If depends Zach, on, depends yeah. on what the Jets do, obviously, as a team. But I, I like Michael Carter where he's going at today a lot better than I did a week ago. I'm with you. And if Zach Wilson continues the trajectory that seems to be uh, Jets fans are in love with it, right? And they retooled the line a little bit. They gave him some weapons, so they gave him a much better chance than they did Sam Darnold. If that continues, one of my biggest concerns with Michael Carter is too many rookies in the, in the huddle at the same time, be it uh, more they just drafted. The, the receiver, Wilson, the quarterback. You've got multiple running backs, like, or I'm sorry, offensive linemen. So I was worried about that. But if Wilson is showing the poise and like already NFL ready, uh, you know, swagger that he, that he has. And I know it's preseason, so I'm not buying in too much of the hype as a guy who has him in our, one of our dynasty leagues. But if that's the truth, then Michael Carter can be a rookie in that offense a lot easier when the quarterback seems to have the poise that so far Wilson show. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons there. No doubt about it. Let's continue along. Let's look at some uh, other Positions, some other players that are coming up the board, and we'll look at running backs actually before we do that. Looking at uh, some of those big risers as well, uh, you know, I should say receivers. We're looking at running backs and quarterbacks already. Let's transition to the receivers. And James, in terms of the wideouts here, I mean, you get later in some of this data. There are some big movers, but let's just do it by tiers a little bit, and we'll start out with. You know, the top 25 guys, basically, what we've been doing here. Tyler Lockett, interesting, moving up 1.6 spots all the way up to wide receiver 15. Now, granted, this is best ball format. Let's keep this in mind. 
We're looking at best ball ADP, half point PPR. So I get it. You know, he's he's way more appealing in that format. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to look too much in that. But Cooper Cup, a spot and a half. I wouldn't think of him as necessarily a guy that's going on that. Brandon Ayuk's up at one and a half spots as well. Jerry Judy, the name I want to talk to you about, my friend, up 4.8 draft spots over here. He's up to wide receiver 27 in the last week in ADP at drafts over at Underdog Fantasy. He's skyrocketing. I mean, we're going to talk props. Spoiler alert, I might have one in that may not even exist by the time we get to it next week because uh, I can't even believe he's he's being offered plus money in a prop of versus Cortland Sutton, his teammate. Jerry Judy is moving up boards. It seems like there is a ton of hype for it. I don't have a ton of shares, and now I'm afraid if I do, I'm going to have to pay a lot for it. And the thing is, you know, I, I like that offense. Like, I like the upside of what can happen in that offense. So it makes a ton of sense for me. I mean, Jerry Judy's a guy that we like over at Fantastics for obvious reasons. He's got to have somebody throwing him the football that's in a catchable position. And as much as I like Drew Locke, that can be a problem over there. So we'll see what comes to fruition. But I do like some Jerry Judy this year. And, you know, I'm looking at our half-point rankings. He's inside wide receiver, too, uh, the last one. So I'm not surprised couple other receivers that I think are sneaky and they've been underdrafted all season and it's, it's ending. They're definitely wide receiver threes. Let's not get carried away, but I think they're wide receivers threes with wide receiver two ceilings. Tyler Boyd up three and a half spots. That's going to be a lot with Jamar Chase who, you know, we, he's going to be fallen. So I imagine that's some of the correlation we'll talk about there, but Antonio Brown up 3.9 spots as well. And, Man, I know he got into that fight last week, but all reports out of Tampa is he looks like he's in shape. We know Tom Brady really likes having him there. He's not going to get the targets that Godwin or Evan is. But uh, or at least I, let me rephrase that. He's not going to get the snaps that Evans or Godwin is. But if you look at the target share, when the three of them all were in the lineup, he got his equal share there, James. And I expect that to continue. If this Bucks team who... I know there's not a lot of value on it, but I'm going to be betting a repeat big time because I, I really like Tampa Bay. I think their division's weak. They got everybody back. The NFC doesn't really, outside the Niners or Packers, there's not really a team that scares me. I think if Brown can keep stay out of trouble, I think big things are ahead. So Brown and Boyd, and you know, I, you can go ahead and, and talk the bigger picture about the Bengals. We just won't break down Jamar Chase here in a little bit, but I have a lot of feeling there's some correlation to why Tyler Boyd's rising up here all of a sudden. Sure, and Tyler Boyd was not the flavor of the month, right? Because Jamar Chase is the fresh new name. Uh, T. Higgins, second-year breakout, because that's what it is now. It's not third year anymore. So Tyler Boyd just kind of forgotten man. And people all of a sudden were going, right, the story is, which one do you want? The cheapest one of the three Bengals receivers. So when Tyler Boyd comes with the lowest draft price, you're going to draft him more often, and he's going to move up. I'm with you on Antonio Brown, though, dude. Tom Brady clearly likes him. He wanted him in New England before he wanted him in Tampa Bay. He, he had eight starts with Tampa Bay last year, did Antonio Brown. And one of three of those were quality starts. He had, by the way, he had one start with uh, Tom Brady in New England in 2019. That was a quality start, too. So there is a rapport between those two. And when the price for Antonio Brown is cheap, it's okay to take that risk, unlike, you know, that Raiders debacle season. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Tom Brady is going to keep him in check. Without Correct. Tom Brady, I wouldn't forgive or forget all the. Th- the trauma and baggage that Antonio Brown brought everybody, not just his fantasy teams, but his NFL teams for a couple seasons. The guy, you know, he's not getting any younger, but he definitely appears to still be in good shape. And even at this 
rise of this last week, he's still just wide receiver 34. So, I mean, is that a ton of value? It's not as great a value when he was wide receiver 40 or something, uh, you know, a month ago. But I really view him as a wide receiver three in fantasy this season. And I think I think he's going to have some big weeks. So in a best ball lineup like this, I don't have a problem with it at all, right? Figuring out yeah. when those big games are going to come. I mean, booyah, there you go. Let's uh, let's transition to just a couple guys that are sort of falling at the position here and wrap it up with some tight end talk here in a minute. But James, in terms of, I mean, Jamar Chase, yes, he had three drops. He's looked brutal. He's down 2.2 spots. Still wide receiver 24, which, you know, he was soaring up there. I'm still a believer. I know you've been an anti-believer since he was drafted by the team, wanting Sewell over him. And that, you know, we'll, you know, that's a whole different argument, but Here's the thing with Chase. The more he drops, like I said with other players, the more he gets appealing. Right now, I, I've already got some shares, so I might be diversifying slightly because there's a lot of players I like in there. But I want to get your take on Kenny Galladay. Here's a guy down 2.7 spots in the past week. And, you know, this Giants receiving core is, you know, it's filled with players. But, I mean, Galladay, they really need him to be big, James. With that offensive line woes, Barkley, there's some talk about him not being as fresh and as able. Kenny Galladay, do you – I mean, he's wide receiver 31. So, I mean, again, not a lot of risk. But, you know, there he is, James. You got Odell Beckham, Anderson, Samuel, Galladay, Boyd, Sutton. That I mean, that's like the five receivers in that range, right? Um, and really, if you look at pick 65 through 70, it, it's more of Samuel, Galladay, Boyd, Sutton, Brown. Seems like that's the right spot for Galladay to be from me. But if I was picking out of those five 100 times, I mean, how many times would you pick Kenny Galladay in your lineup? He's third or fourth probably for me right there. Uh, I like Debo Samuel. I'm, I'm certainly interested in Tyler Boyd. I would take him over Sutton. Antonio Brown, crapshoot with that. Here's the problem with Kenny Galladay, and it's obviously the correlation with why Daniel Jones dropped a little bit too. It's not only we worried about Galladay, who gets dinged up in the preseason after missing most of the year last year. Uh, so, you know, why do you want to draft a guy that's already starting the year with injury issues? And then you throw in the fact that now there's chatter that Saquon's not quite ready and. I imagine we'll see him sooner than later. But if you've got an offense, and when I say see him, I mean see him as in full go, uh, you know, the guy in that offense. But if you've got question marks with a quarterback who hasn't really taken the steps yet, who may or may not be able to, you've got a receiving core with, you know, Sterling Shepard. People are starting to mention how he's looking good in preseason camp for the Giants. You've got a running back who's going to make that team one-dimensional because he won't be there the first couple of games. I mean, that's a perfect storm for a wide receiver to drop. Now, that being said, I'm okay with Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver three on draft day. I'll take him there. You gotta, you, you may have to attack the position really quickly again because you may not have him in week one, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, sounds pretty good to me as well. Let's get into what we're looking at here with tight ends. I just want to throw a couple names at you. I'm going to give you one riser, one faller, big one in both directions, and you know, see what your take is on it. We'll start with our riser in the top 10 Logan Thomas up 8.7 spots overall and drafts now tight end seven. So he's up to 95th overall. The Washington football team has a pretty loaded offensive weapons. Logan, Logan Thomas among them, obviously he's not in that upper tier of tight end one, but James he is one of the more appealing options in that back end tier. He is 
I mean, here's the question. Is Logan Thomas in the second tier or is he the start of the third tier? Because if he's the if he's the last player in the second tier, then I have no problem with where his draft position is moving for you. Uh, for me, he's not because, you know, I worry about that Gary Barnage breakout that doesn't come back to back seasons. I also just look at the guys that are behind him still in this ADP, and I can make a case for why all of them, not all of them, but, you know, a handful of guys right behind him would would be just as successful. And then, like you said, I mean, they brought in Adam Humphreys, who oh, Fitzpatrick wanted. They want to turn Antonio Gibson into Christian McCaffrey. They've got Terry McLaurin. Everybody likes Deami Brown as a breakout. Like, at some point, there has to be a stop in targets. And while Thomas looked good last year, it wasn't with Fitzpatrick under center. So there's a ton of reason to be worried about that. So for me, I'll tell you that I guess where he sits still in this breakdown of positional ranking for tight end, it's fine. But for him to move all the way up, that's a red flag for me not to take him, take value somewhere else, and get Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, et cetera, et cetera, that's going behind him. Interesting, because Goddard's the guy I was going to point out to you there. 9.7 spots, or 9.6 spots. He's fallen. Mm-hmm. So he's dropped. Now down the tight end nine. I know you're a fan of him, so I'm not going to ask you to break down your thoughts on that. But another big dropper, interesting, James, Adam Troutman, down 15 spots. The buzz has popped on the second-year tight end. I feel like the bubble is popping on this Saints offense as a whole. You're right, and I will say this about Goddard. I'm just now starting to get taste of him because of his drop. Like, I wasn't paying for the price anymore, the same as I would in Thomas, because I wasn't paying for the first person in that next third tier of tight end. So I actually don't have a lot of Goddard. I may start to now with that change. But Troutman, I mean, here's the deal. Yeah, they want to run that offense through the tight end, but he's still a second-year guy. He didn't show a whole lot to me. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, for me, he was getting drafted so early. I think some people are coming to their senses. That's the change. That's what's going on here. People have, people have realized how insane they were drafting him. That all makes sense, man. You know what else makes sense? Subscribing to our podcast. Be sure to do it so you can hear all the episodes. We're on Google Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, insiderfootball.com. That's our website. You can get at the podcast there anytime. You can also get a free trial of the Fantastics Draft Advisor. Don't get beat on draft day when our tool can help you win. Go check out the complimentary trial. Or better yet, get it for free with our Thrive Fantasy deposit offer. Get on the sign-up page at insiderfootball.com. That's all we have for episode seven. We're back later in the week. We'll be episode eight looking at the Fantastics draft plan. James and I are both going to pick a spot in the draft, go pick by pick based off ADP, tell you which players we're going to take and why. We'll see who builds a better team, so you want to tune into that. Be sure to catch us on Saturday mornings all season long, Sundays too, the next couple weeks, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern with Fantastics Insider Football on Sirius XM. Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87 in the SXM app. That's all the time we have for James Adams. I'm Dan Classes. We'll catch you next, next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.